Welcome to the Rare Air Podcast. I'm Chandler Russ, and I'm here with CEO of Empower, Brandon Andre, and we have an extraordinary guest today, none other than Cooper Murphy, C-Murda, C-Murda, Coop Dog, in the house with us today. We have an impressive resume to intro this man. He's currently the senior team lead over Manteca and Tracy in the Northeast California region in Empower North, and that is a powerhouse group to work with. Uh, a couple interesting stats about Cooper. He has 34 deals sold in the last 31 days. So more than a deal a day. He's on a roll right now. I think four de- four deals in the last two days, uh, which is in- incredible. In 2022, he had 68 installs as one of the highest producing closers in the company and holds multiple records currently. Right now, he holds the record for most installs in a week which is nine at Empower, and the, the highest team CPR of all time, which last year was Team Yuba during the finals, the final round of the cup. Incredible performance at 3.33 CPR, which stands for closes per rep. So his, uh, his, his resume and his history precedes him. Uh, he is our man of honor today. Welcome, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, it's crazy to hear all that stuff uh, just because I can think back to those original days in Fresno where we were just living with the boys and it was just me on the team and just back to the good old self-gen days. I remember your first self-gen, dude. That was a, that was a fun time. That was, it was crazy how many leaders and just powerhouse reps we have that came out of those that came out of the Fresno days, out of the, the fire and the furnace of affliction in Fresno, and now you're all just absolute studs. First self-gen, uh, $100,000 loan. I was 18 years old. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and you're currently how, you're 20 now, right, or 21? 20 still, yeah. Still 20. The Probably definitely the youngest senior team lead in the company, I would say, 20 years old. And the deposits and the accomplishments that Coop has done over the past couple of years, man, if, if I were 20 totally. and doing what he was doing, like, oh man, I didn't even start door to door until I was 21. The ceiling is high. And Cooper was just trying to tell us that he's average. I'm like, what the freak, bro? Did you just hear that resume? 34 deals in 31 days. I'm just average. What? Dude, that's BS. We're excited to have you on, Cooper. Um... Tell us about the last few weeks. You've had a lot of success over the past month, um, 34 deals. What's been different for you or for your team um, over the past little while? How are you having so much success right now? Yeah, I think we, we talk about setters moving the needle. Um, I have 17 straight closes and 17 straight sits. So I'm um, at 100% close ratio on 17 sits and that is not just me that is 100 percent on the setters which is just crazy i'm walking into stuff that the setter set up so well that the the clients think that i'm the surveyor it's already sold so i'm just there to give them numbers and so 
team's doing great. I think we set a really good precedent early in the year, um, changed the way we did things from last year to this year. And I think it's, it's really rolling into our, our close ratios, which is awesome. How much effort is it taken to build that relationship? So I'm sure a lot of people are like, man, I want setters like that too. So has it been a lot of sinking, a lot of talking about like this works, that doesn't like, what does that process look like to get there? Yeah, it, it came with actually me kind of being in the trenches and, and knocking with the, the reps and figuring out what worked. And so that's how it started. And I think we went up and down, up and down quite a bit this spring, and we had definitely had some downs. So we figured out what wasn't working. And now I think everybody's starting to figure out what works, how to get our ratios up and kind of leaving some of the stuff in the past that, that didn't work as well. And that was not as efficient. Dude, I would love to set for you. Like knowing that you're setting for a guy that's 17 for 17, it's like, if this person just shows up, Cooper's going to take care of business. That's crazy. If it sits, it closes, right? Sure does. That's the only problem is the <laughs> fit ratio, but everything that sits sure closes. <laughs> See Murda, dude, taking care of business. What, where were you before Empower? What were you doing? That's a good question. I, like I said earlier, I'm super average, just came out of high school. I was going to college down in Southern Utah, at SUU, uh, studying finance and marketing, just going into business, um, I guess following the system and got introduced to kind of a, a pest control company, Aptiv. A lot of us know of them. And I was like, wow, this sounds sick. I can go make 25K and work my tail off and get some sick backends. But came home for the, the winter break and ended up just going to work at my like hourly job at Sporting Goods. Uh, and I met a kid named Ethan Coster. He was like, tit for tat, let's do a meeting with Aptiv and a meeting with Empower. And so I ended up meeting with Chandler. And I like to say I came to the light. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. What what were you getting paid at Al's hourly? Twelve twelve dollars an hour, and I was working my butt off that summer <laughs> before I went to Southern Utah University. I think I averaged fifty hour weeks, and I I left the summer with twelve thousand dollars. And so yeah, I actually think I made more in like scholarship money than I did actually working at Al's. Isn't that crazy? Because like people here about success and they're like, that guy's always been a salesman or whatever he, or he was born that way. And it's like, no, people come from all sorts of backgrounds and that's like reading for you too. Right? Like I understand uh, that you used to hate to read and now you're cranking what, how often, how many books do you bust out a year? Yeah, I do a book a month. Sometimes I get around to two, Not, nothing crazy. I like to really go through them and study them. I definitely, didn't finish my first book until after high school. So I, I really did not enjoy reading whatsoever. I was always book smart. Like I could read textbooks and go in and do an exam. And I think that's rolled into what I did. But at Owls, I wasn't even a salesman. I started out at the warehouse and just building bikes in the back and not talking to anyone. So I yeah. definitely didn't come from a sales background whatsoever. And I've definitely transformed a little bit into, I guess, someone who enjoys talking to people and starting to read and change kind of the, the way that I go about things. I think that's worth talking about because I think one of your superpowers, and I believe this Thomas Moff is the one that said this is your adaptability. 
because he's like, man, Cooper's been all over throughout the state of California, so he's sold in totally different markets, different NEMs, NEM 2.0, NEM 3.0, different roles. I don't think listeners know, but you were setting. You just recently transitioned into closing because that's what the team needed. So you can just be so adaptive and like what's got you that way? How do you, why do you think you're so adaptive? In uh, high school, I played baseball, which was huge. My coach just always taught trust the process. And he, he changed us from just these little freshmen into a, a team that won the region championships. And we were slotted as the number one seed going into our senior year, which ended up hitting COVID year and we didn't get to play. But uh, that was probably where it started. And I think that the biggest thing for me is just this um, opportunity isn't new and it has already been done before by people like Brandon and Taylor and Danny and some of these top performers, they've gone out and they've done it and they've already invented the wheel. And so for us, it's actually really easy to just go in and plug what they've already done into our lives, how we go about talking to people, how we go about our morning routines, all of that has already been created and you just need to input that into your own life. I totally agree. I think sometimes the best leaders are the best followers, right? And are willing. I think Chandler was a really good example of that. Actually, his first year just came in. He's like, what do I need to do? What's the process? And we're like 50 installs. And he hit 50 installs exactly and just followed the exact process. So totally agree. The other thing that Thomas said that I think is awesome that I love for listeners to capture from you is he said, Cooper's conviction is just insane. He is so convinced that this is the best deal for the customer. So he doesn't allow people to sell him on this isn't a good option. And you, because of your own conviction and you're sold yourself on solar, I think that transmits really well to them. What do you think about that? That's the biggest thing that I would probably attribute any success to is you can't sell something that you wouldn't buy yourself. And to be like completely blunt, don't just go sell yourself on it so that you can be better at selling it sell yourself on it. Cause it's like, for me, I, I didn't just sell myself on it because I wanted to be good at selling it. I sold myself on it because I wanted to understand how it works and if it genuinely is better because yeah, I was provided two options. I could go with pest control or I could go with solar. And so I went out and I did a ton of research and I continue to do a ton of research on the grid and solar and how it works, PG and E, the utility companies, that's probably my favorite part about this is it's very rare to find a product that is good for the customer, the salesperson, the company, and the world. That's a very rare scenario. And this is one of those that we've found. And same thing goes for like NEM2, NEM3. Like that change, like, come on, that was nothing. That was what was needed. That wasn't just something pg e wanted. That was something the grid genuinely needed because so many people in California already have solar. And so yeah. the grid is actually getting like a back feed too much to handle. And so they actually need to store that energy somewhere. So it's cool that the more you dive into it, the more you realize the product is just genuinely better for everyone. And it really transmits into the, the people that we talk to because yeah, when I walk into that house, I genuinely think that this is what's going to help them. Even if I can't fully offset their bill or 
if maybe it's going to cost more day one, I genuinely think that in any situation, this is going to be better for the client. Yeah. A couple of things I've noticed about you, Coop, just on the outside is you're competitive. Chan, what's that game called? The pool that we were playing in Hawaii with everybody? Oh, yeah, where you throw the, the pool balls at each other to try to knock them in the Yeah, what's the it hole? called, Coop? I, I don't know. The Florida boys came up with that one. Okay, so that's just a homemade game. No, I've I played it before, but I think I can't remember what it's called. So you, you basically go in a in a circle around the pool table, and you're, you're throwing the, the balls. And it was just so cool for me to watch you just engage with the team. So I'm like, dang, dude, Cooper's freaking competitive, like every single game. And Chan, like you guys were just trying to win every freaking game, dude. You know, and I was like watching that. I'm like, that's so cool for me to see that on that trip. And then the other cool memory that I had was the last day my sister took us out on a on a boat and we were going to go swim with the sharks, not in a cage, but just an open setting, you know. And we get out there and sharks are starting to circle around the boat. And I was like, who's first? And I look over and Coop's just like jumping in the water, like didn't even hesitate. And I was like, dang, dude, Cooper's a freaking bad, eh, dude? Like just in the water so quick. So I think you have a lot of good traits and I, I really look up to a lot of those. It, it's it's cool to watch you, man. And that's one thing I want to ask you, Chandler and Coop is, I mean, we were on that Hawaii trip because the team won, right? So we're talking about your individual skills right now, or we have been, but I want to talk about your leadership skills too, because your team, what I saw, they just loved you. They looked up to you. You were living a, you know, a very disciplined life that they aspire to be like. And so Chan, what have you observed about Cooper? And I'd love to hear Cooper talk about that too. Well, Coop's definitely super intentional with his team. I mean, the reason they got on that Hawaii trip is because they, they, they won the cup, right? Yeah. But they didn't have a really easy path to get there. You know, they they got knocked out pretty early on in the tournament. 64-team bracket last year was a, it was a huge bracket. And they had to work their way past, you know, probably eight different teams in the loser's bracket, two teams a week, to get all the way back through and then beat uh, the champion, right, for the, for the cup title. So, I mean, definitely... You know, Coop has the patience and the perseverance to do what's necessary to help his team and help himself be successful. But I think that's that's that I kind of am also curious to the same thing. You know, what do you do, Cooper, to help your guys? You know, you know, last year and this year to stay motivated throughout the entire year, and especially being in the losers bracket in the cup is probably the last place that anyone can feel motivated or hungry to go out and win. How are you? How are you empowering your reps to feel and to feel that way and do those things? There's probably a couple different things that we do. One is definitely just picking a common enemy and finding somebody to go after. Because if you can just be chasing somebody or trying to beat somebody, that's always going to be um, just a, a common goal to work towards, even if it's not a number. Who's your, so uh, we, we, who's your common enemy right now? Right now, it's Brentwood. We always have been going back and forth with Brentwood as well as um, anyone down in, in Kaidan's org. We're always going against them. We, we pick a new office every once in a while, but it's always Brentwood. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is there's a lot more to this than just like winning a competition or making a lot of money. There's a lot that goes into this. And 
the cool part is like I, I've had the privilege to work with a lot of really young guys. Like I'm young and a lot of my reps are all younger than me. A lot of them come straight out from high school, all the way from Florida, some of them. And there's a lot to learn in life. And unfortunately, we just lost a rep today. That's He's going to come back out. But he, he texted me last night. He's like, I've actually learned more in three weeks of being out here with you than I actually learned in college. And so I, I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot that we can learn from this job that we can apply to our lives, whether it's knowing about finances and how loans and different things work, as well as just like how to communicate with people and how to influence, I guess. And that's something that all the guys have a vision on as they realize that this genuinely can be so much more than just a means to gain financial freedom. It can also teach you a lot of different skills and put you in a season of learning as well as a season of earning. Wow. I remember Cooper back in your first year, back in the Fresno days, you were really eager to get back to school and continue that more traditional route of education and learning and progression. What has that process been like going, you know, kind of changing your mindset away from the more typical brick and mortar or, you know, brick in the wall path to success in society how have you, how, what has that process been like for you to shift away from that and towards a more entrepreneurial uh, path to success? Yeah, so basically I just didn't want to go the, the, the normal path and follow the crowd. I feel like if there's risk involved in something, it might actually be the right path for you and it might have more reward. So for me, I just didn't want to follow the pack and I wanted to do something a little bit different and test different avenues of life. And I feel like I've learned a lot in actually learned how to teach myself more from uh, the different ways that we learn at Empower, whether it's through podcasts, uh, books, different avenues. But in in school, sometimes I feel like I'm just getting taught by somebody who maybe wasn't in the real world, who just came straight out of school and then just started teaching the same subject. But at Empower, I've kind of found a new way to learn, and that's been stuff that I want to learn and that's going to actually apply to my life, whether it's investing or uh, how to communicate and, and those different avenues like books, like podcasts, and um, basically just learning from the leaders that are around me. Like Chandler's a great uh, source for any investment. And so I've really enjoyed learning from those who actually implement what they learn rather than just turning around and teaching it. How's your parents responded to watching you? Maybe from going like the traditional way to what you're doing right now. Terrible, actually. But <laughs> you can't make everybody happy. And I know that my family is going to, uh, I guess in the future, they're going to change their mind. When I when I prove them wrong, one, I'm big in proving people wrong. And two, when I retire my mother and my father. So that's mm-hmm. kind of some of my vision, I guess. But... Um, I know that it'll turn, but for now, there's definitely some pushback. Yeah. One kind of cool experience I've had on that is during my first couple years, I wrote a family member's name on my binder that I would take out just for motivation because they were so against it. I won't say like who, but either in my wife's family or my family and something kind of cool within the last couple of years is they've asked if their husband could work here. 
and they were very much against it. Like it's not a real career. There's no money, whatever. And so it's just uh, kind of interesting to see how, you know, things change and come full circle over time. You mentioned your vision earlier, Cooper. I'm curious, what are the other details of your vision, both in your personal life, in your financial life, in your life here at Empower, or life beyond Empower? What does that What does that vision you mentioned look like? The vision can be like summed up in one word, and that word is freedom. Freedom in terms of time, freedom in terms of uh, financials. Uh, and, and location so I want to travel uh, a ton in the future and uh, be financially available to do that as well as have all the time that I can to be with my my family because in, in the past my, my parents weren't available to be at all of my sports events or to attend different things and so I've seen that and not wanted to go that path so in the future for me it's wanting to be available for my kids and have more time and so my plan for the next five years is stack cash invest it into the right places to gain passive income to the point where i can be free from work where i just choose to do it and then from there i will be allowed to spend time with the family when i want and travel to different places that's one thing that i've learned that empower is uh, travel is uh, very very fun and it's something that i wasn't able to do a ton as a kid totally man i love thailand hanging out with you that was so sick can't wait for new zealand i'm glad you brought that up how much this is more detailed you don't have to answer it if you don't want to how much do you think you had in your bank account as you were coming to work at empower for the first time so i went into college with twelve thousand in the bank account and i got some scholarship money that helped pay for schooling and basically didn't have to pay a dollar for school, which was awesome. But I came back to Empower or back into the, the following summer with that $12,000 still that I had made at my, my previous hourly job. So that's where I started. Wow. Cool, man. I'm sure people that are listening, especially closers are like, dude, I want to go 17 for 17. So I know we've talked about your personal conviction you gave a lot of credit to your setters. Anything else that you would attribute that to or any like tips and tricks you could give to other closers? Yeah, so instead of just sitting here and telling you that it needs to be like routine or your meditation isn't good or you're not reading enough, like I feel like one thing that can be controlled like very easily because those things are important and they're very uh, unique to each person, whatever routine works for you is the one that works for you, right? And so the things that I think can be applied are, are gonna be more skill stuff that I use. I use a couple th different things. When I go into a sit, I will always price my quote out to be higher than what I'm actually going to sell them. So if I'm gonna sell them a 599 interest rate, I price it out at a 699 monthly payment with a 599 total cost. And I'll always drop as an ace at the end so it allows me to go somewhere. I also love using like humor in the hard times when you're like in the middle of a contract or when they're asking you hard questions. So a couple of fun lines I use is in contracts, I'll always show them the, the paperwork and I'll be like, just make sure all this is right so we don't put it on the neighbor's house. Or when we come out and do the survey, we're going to measure the tiles and we'll send out one of the two crews. One of them is going to be skinnier if you have the smaller tiles. So I'll make funny jokes like that to get them <laughs> laughing and work my way through that. I also make little comments like, 
this is the part where you assign your firstborn child away. And it, it doesn't work with everybody, and they don't laugh at it every time. But for the people that it does work with, it, it lightens up the mood and contracts and paperwork. That's the hard part, right? And so if you can work through that, that's going to help a ton. And then just being on the same level as them. Like I, every single one of these appointments that I've closed these last 17 at the very single end, I kid you not, every single one of them, they, it just happened to me this morning. They asked, what would you do in my situation? Like if you were putting solar on your house, what would you do? Like, what's the system that you would put on? Would you do batteries? Would you not? And I just level with them and I tell them genuinely what I think would be best. And every single time that lines up with the quote that I brought them. So like this morning, I gave them 130% offset backup battery because that's what they wanted. That's actually something that I would want as well. And so they actually trust me to this point because I'm sharp as attack, enthusiastic as hell and an expert in my field. And so those three things get me to the point where they can trust me and they actually ask me what they think that they should do at the end. Yeah. One of my personal philosophies is I feel like any success I had, I felt like I was selling myself more than I was selling the product and success leaves clues. Like the fact that you just said that they're asking you, not every rep gets asked that. The only reason somebody would ask that is if they think highly of that person, right? Like a door to door comes to my house. I don't care what he thinks. I'm not even going to ask him what he thinks, right? But if, if I meet a stud that's very trustworthy, he's knowledgeable and he's a true professional, 100% I'm asking him, what do you think about this? And so that's like a really good clue that people are asking you that for your, if you're listening, that you're probably doing a really, really good job at selling yourself and getting the buy-in and that can make everything so much easier. What about when you are setting? Those are some really cool, like tangible things that we could take away. Any setting tips and tricks that you learned when you were setting and helping the team because you were just playing that role just barely everything's a smoke screen first of all so just bulldoze right through it and get to the actual problem and the reason that they haven't sat down with someone and then genuinely provide them value because there's five different ways to go solar and they've only seen one maybe two and that's why we get objections like i don't want to lean on my house or i don't want to lease it or i don't want a loan there's so many different ways to get solar. And the cool thing about Empower is we have all of them. And we can pretty much qualify anyone in those different aspects. And so when it comes down to it, if you can provide that value and have that conviction that we're going to show them all five options. And if they want to choose one over the other, then we'll help them do that and we'll help them qualify for it. And so on the doors, it's all about just figuring out what they haven't seen in the past. Because a lot of the times they've seen solar or they've heard about it or maybe it's completely changing the way they think about their utility because everybody just is on autopilot with every bill they pay just comes out of their checking account and they don't think about it unless they're strapped for cash and a lot of those people already got the solar but the people who don't have it yet those are the ones that just don't worry about their bills and they're like yeah it's fine i'm good those are the people that you want to work with and let them see that there's a different way to think about the utilities and if you can shift their mindset it kind of goes along with the challenger sale. You have to challenge their way of thinking, provide them with a solution afterwards. So it's not just forcing the solution on them. You have to first change the way they think about it. For sure. Wow. I, I love this. Like I love when there's actual like tangible, nitty gritty, real life examples of things that you're doing to be successful. Uh, I love that so much more than, yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just so motivated by 
by this and by that. I love the tangible, like this is, these are the, these are the hard facts on how I'm being so successful. So this is really helpful. Um, I'm sure you've had a lot of success with that and with, with those tactics as well. So I'm, I'm curious, what's been the craziest thing that's happened to you while working here, either on the doors or your craziest accomplishment or just the craziest thing that's happened to you while working at Empower? So last year, beginning of the year, the kid who recruited me, he was setting for me, which is crazy. It went back a little bit. Ethan, he's a stud. Set up this guy, his name's Ron, and I'll remember this like to the day I die. But basically he was super into it. It was a true up. So we're adding on panels. He already has batteries. He just genuinely needs more panels to produce because he started using more. He got a Tesla. And so we're, we're providing him with a bigger system and we're going through the whole, um, contracting section and he is not having it. There was something on, on the contract. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he kicked me out of the house. And, um, at the very end, I like put my laptop away and I was like, like, I don't want to help people like this. And he like, it kind of hit home. And then he was like, well, just come back tomorrow once I've settled down. And I went out to the car and I ended up like calling Jake Meyer, like my therapist in the company. Anyways, called Jake. I'm like crying. Like this guy just ripped into me. I lost a deal for one of my setters and he ended up calling me later that day. I went back and I sold it to him because he realized that he was pretty fired up. He called me. He was like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry. And then he ended up trying to sell me and Ethan a guitar. So it was crazy how everything changed. And I just stuck up for my morals and I realized my time was more valuable spent elsewhere. And I almost didn't go back to his house. The only reason I tell Ethan that I went back to that house is because it's not my money. It's Ethan's money. And I didn't want to like lose money because I, I didn't want to lose him money because I was too stuck up. So I went back, I sold it, we installed it, but I like walked out of that house. I was like, I'm not going to help somebody like you. That's going to talk to me this way. He ended up calling me later that day and we ended up installing him. So that would probably be the craziest thing that I've ever seen. And a lot of the time I I just level with people. I'm like, Hey man, like this isn't the best thing or it's not the greatest thing that God ever created. Right. But it's better than what you're currently with. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And so a lot of the time they'll level with me and they'll understand like that. I'm just another human and they'll talk to me like I'm another human. That's so cool. One of my favorite, we're probably at the end, but one of my favorite moments with Coop has just been recently, Coop, when I reached out to you the other week and you're having a fire week. Like you had that streak, man. This last 30 days, just incredible. But I'm like, hey, how's it been with them three? You obviously turned a corner and, and you're like, what's them three? And I was like, dang, dude. Pretty, Coop, it, that's pretty hard. That's pretty hard. Yeah. That is super cool. Coop, we love you, dude. We appreciate you. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks, guys. Every time is a pleasure. So I appreciate it.